We bless you, Tom. We bless you, Kate. We bless all of those who are participating in the King Breaks Through the Gates all over the four corners of the earth from the heartland of Ohio here at Touch Heaven Canfield Church. We are in the spiritual kingdom, the mouse that roars. We're a little church with a big, loud roar. How about we give them a roar? Amen. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So, I released uh, through POTA Shield on an alert. I don't know how many of you got that in the last few days. We've been getting some responses about the Hezekiah miracle moment and that we are to push it through. Well, this is something that this assemblage, that this ministry has been birthing now since 100 days before this fiscal new year. And on January 1st, the word began to come through that we were entering into a place of next and that that place of next was to prepare us to prepare us for the coming of the Lord. And as we've begun to adjust and adapt to that, the prophetic voice has come loud and clear. Uh, we were some of the first voices to respond and understand the sensitivity and the urgency of the virus, the pandemic that was released. And I'm going to tell you again, because every other word I gave about it in January has been proven true, but for some reason it's been socially incorrect to say what it is. It was released intentionally by the communist Chinese government. Uh, they do not care if people of their own die. That's just a sacrifice to get control and move. Why do we say it was released intentionally? Because we need to understand with wisdom what our beloved Christians and people are dealing with in China. This is a ferocious, demonic government. But the Lord has declared and prophesied that we're going to see a move of the Lord in China like nothing we've seen before. And we've declared from this pulpit and we declare it now through all the nations that China will bow its knee to Jesus Christ. We believe with all of our heart that that which the enemy is intended for evil, God shall turn for good. And I believe that's part of the Hezekiah miracle moment that's coming upon the earth. On May 24th, on a Sunday, I declared from this pulpit that the Lord put me with an urgency that night that a spirit of delusion and lawlessness was about to be loosed upon the earth. The very next day, George Floyd was killed in a senseless murder. And we found out that within days, cities were on fire. And that which was released continues to be released. We have said categorically, emphatically, that we detest racism in every form of it, whether it be anti-Semitism, whether it be a racist form against our, American, our, our, our African-American brothers and sisters. And by the way, if it be a racial injustice, how about against Christians in Jesus' name? No one is speaking that, but if Christians are a tribe, if Christians are a people, there's a lot of injustice about Christians right now. If Christians are accosted in the street and they don't say the right word or put up the right sign, there are people that are saying, you must be a Christian, and then they attack them. This is the persecution we've known was coming, and it's here on the earth. It didn't take but 24 hours 
to see that prophetic word come truth. It's not one that I'm happy about. But even before that, the Lord released another prophetic word. He said the third great shift would come, and it would come here in the Sukkot season while we're about to hit it. Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, is weeks away. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is weeks away. The festival of first fruits is weeks away, and God has sent out a trumpet call to all of the earth. I'm excited to tell you that this isn't a message that's only coming forth from this little church, the mouse that roars in the spiritual kingdom, but it's picked up and been moved upon, and people have been working and planning from all over the earth. On September 11, 9-11, at different time zones around the world, we are going to participate it. I'm going to give you out those numbers so that you can call in and you can be part of it, whether it's by Zoom, by YouTube, or by listening. But there's a prayer, a repentance that's going to go out from the four corners of the earth. It will resound in Indonesia, in China, in Korea, both north and south. It will be in Europe. It will be in all the four corners of this nation and from the heartland. It will be down under in Australia. Many groups are coming together. Ourselves, Touch Heaven and Poda Shield is forthright and first front, along with John Robb and Intercessors for America, Daniel Punji and Apostle Nico from Indonesia, The Return with Jonathan Kahn and Kevin Jessup, all of those that are involved with the Poda Shield board and more and more and more. Uh, Mike Bickle coming forth from Kansas. We are all coming together to believe and pray, first for repentance, and then a move of God upon the earth. The same move the Lord said early in February to us through this pulpit, through this voice, that he was going to shake the earth, and everyone would know that it was him. And we've been pressing in saying, Lord, what is it? What is it? What is it? What are you doing? He called us to a fast. Now, by the time that this is aired at the conference, we'll be past that fast, but we won't be past the moment. We will most likely be in the moment, and we can continue fasting and praying. But on September 16th, the eve, we are going to begin to fast and pray. We will congregate here, those who will come for a short time. We will pray. We will light, light one each night of the seventh on the menorah, and we will believe God for the seven days of fast and praying he has called us through. This is a birthing. We are in the midst of a birthing, and it is time that God is calling forth the remnant, and we're calling it the remnant. Who's the remnant? Those that really believe God, that are walking in the spirit of Elijah, and are saying, no, the spirit of Elijah is humble, but it's fierce. And the spirit of Elijah believes in change and preparation. The spirit of Elijah knows how to war and declare. And the spirit of Elijah will not compromise. That is who the remnant is being called forth right now. And the remnant is beginning to fast and to pray in various areas around the earth. I got a message from Lou Engle that God gave him a dream, and he's calling forth a prayer fast to begin almost immediately and go through to October 11th. I've had some brothers and sisters reach me who have been given different dates, but the date that God gave us as the shield, the shield, the prophetic order, the POTUS shield was September 16th through the 23rd. And then he said, be patient, be still, and watch what I shall do. And as I began to move into it longer, the Lord gave me the revelation of the Hezekiah miracle moment. It's coming, 
It's birthing. It's ready to come. But in this movement, God is saying that the remnant must stand and push as midwives. The birth pains have already begun, and the baby is coming down through the birth canal. We must be those that push and help deliver this onto the earth. It's going to be in a God way like we have not seen. We're not going to understand it. Some may even be blind to it and ignorant to it. And some will most likely mock as they continue to mock. But we are about to witness a Hezekiah miracle moment in the earth. God is poised to show his glory in the world. And the Holy Spirit is stirring up people all over the earth. We come with an excitement. We come with an anticipation. We come with a fear of the Lord. And we come with a commitment that we are not going to be those who are bystanders. We're going to be those who are participating by the tools and the weapons that we have. And our weapons of warfare, we know that they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. But they are also mighty to the pushing out of the prophetic declarations of God. We are the midwives called in this era, and we must stand up and do that which we've been called for. I want you to say with me that the Lord shall do what the Lord has spoken. Let's declare it. The Lord shall do what the Lord has spoken. Declare it with your arms up and believe in God. Let's declare it to the four winds. The Lord shall do what the Lord has spoken. The Lord shall do what the Lord has spoken. The Lord shall do what the Lord has spoken. The Lord shall do what the Lord has spoken. Father, we declare that you bring from heaven to earth the movement of your kingdom now. Now, O oh Lord, bring it from heaven to earth into the present now. Now, there's a lot that has excited me about this. I just want to share with you, you take it the way you want it to go. But it charged me. And I'm not trying to embroil us in politics, but I'm also not going to blind our eyes to the things that we need to see. And just two weeks ago, on a Thursday night, one person who had a national stage, he looked right into the camera, and he said, Mr. President, you say there's going to be a miracle. And he said, there will be no miracle. And the Lord shot me up out of my bed. And a Hezekiah spirit dwelled up inside of me. And I felt the Elijah spirit kindling inside of me. And the Lord said, son, declare my word. And I said, there shall be a miracle. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. And I said, Lord, why did this incite me so much? I was so incited I could not sleep. I had a restless, sleepless night, not in spiritual warfare, but in spiritual agitation. And the Lord said, that is a mocking spirit. That is a spirit that mocks me and mocks the periods of God. And I want you to understand something. When we say, when someone says, there will be no miracle, who are they mocking? The miracle maker. Who's the miracle maker? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And it's not the first time he's been mocked by people on earth. There's no one we know that has been mocked more than him. And traded in the Gospels to show us the power that comes forth from an unjust persecution. But when you mock, 
the miracle power of God. You mock the anointing of God. And the anointing of God is the precious oil of the Holy Spirit. And God shall not be mocked. And so I stood up with anger. I'm still up with anger. It's a godly anger. I realize words come out of people's mouths ignorantly, but it doesn't change the attack against God Almighty. And I prophesy and I tell you that God has been stirred up. Even as Isaiah said in Isaiah 36, he said, I've heard your words. I've heard the words of the king of Assyria that declare that there's no God of Israel that can withstand him. And I have been mocked, and I shall reprove those words, says the Lord God Almighty. These were those words. The president keeps telling us the virus is going to disappear. Well, I guess what we want is someone who's going to tell us that it's going to destroy our lives, that it's going to take control of us forever that it's the new norm. I do not receive that in Jesus' name. I rebuke that mentality. We need to pray for Pastor Chan right now in Los Angeles, that beautiful brother of God. He said, I'm going to have church anyway. And the governor came and said, if you do, I'm going to charge you with crime. It will be criminal. That same governor that told them they weren't allowed to worship the Lord God Almighty in church because the vapors, the invisible enemy vapors, would just spray out through the people, trying to shut the voice of the worship of God. God shall not be mocked. And it's time we stand up with the power. It's time we stand up. If we say these are the days of Elijah, then by God, we need to be the people of Elijah. And we need to say, no, we don't receive it. We don't accept it. That might be a crime that you have made up, but it is not a crime before the heavenly throne. It is a crime before the throne to mock God, not to praise God, and to to forsake those from the assemblage in the church. That's a crime. And so we should be surprised that good is called evil and evil is called good. We know what time it is. The spirit of delusion is loosed upon the earth. And ignorant people are being led by ignorant people. The blind leading the blind. And Jesus told us where that brings to. They fall off the cliff. They fall one another and they fall off the cliff. Well, we have a threefold purpose. One is to catch those who are falling. We need to catch them. We don't want to condemn them and kick them on their way down. We want to catch them and say, we're here but we're not moving. We will be your safety net in the love of Jesus Christ, but God, you are falling, and your lives are unraveling, and you don't know the truth. We must continue to preach the gospel of the truth in more fervently than we ever have before. We're required in this purpose to be holy, not to just sit in a frustrated grace that says no matter what we do, it's okay. We see what that grace is doing. Beloved, I want to say something to you. My father died. My father was born as a Catholic. He was baptized as a Catholic. He died as a Catholic, loving Jesus, born again. But my father said, abortion is a senseless murder. 
of victimless children. And the Word of God says that he hates the shedding of innocent blood. There are Christians who say they are Christians, but yet they can support a platform that says it's okay to kill the child in the womb and now coming out of the womb. Senseless murder, shedding of innocent blood. People can't be who they are by what they say they are. It's by what they do and how they act and the things they say. I want to say something. I don't know why I'm going to say it, but Lou Holtz, God bless you. God bless you, Coach Holtz, who told the truth and is now coming under a commendation and ridicule because he said, if you're a Catholic, you must not be able to support abortion. Well, I want to say something to my brothers and sisters in churches, black, white, Chinese, brown. If you are supporting a platform for abortion, I pray that you look into your heart and see if the Lord Jesus is truly your Savior. You say, oh, pastor, how dare you say that? I have to say that because their life, their eternal life is in our hands. We cannot close our eyes and say it's okay to bless abortion. It's okay to close our eyes because there's a better cause, a bigger cause. Is there really? God so loved the world that he gave his only life. There are many people in this earth that know prejudice and discrimination. There are many races that have seen it for a long time. One of the ones that has the largest and the longest history of it are the Hebrews. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of slavery. Holocaust, trying to eliminate them completely from the earth. Slavery, murder, and today anti-Semitism is growing in unparalleled leaps and bounds throughout the earth. I think some of us understand prejudice, but I'll tell you something. This is from me speaking. If I could take all of that and reverse abortion in this nation, I will take all of that. If that's what must happen then unfortunately I would say if that's the trade-off, I cannot trade off anti-Semitism for the unborn child. Racism does not justify killing the unborn child. Nothing does. It's fervent in my spirit. I shall stand fervent with it till my last breath. There's an assignment to the church of God, and I want to tell you something. I don't care what party that advocate comes from. I don't really care what a crazy personality they have. I'm not looking at their character. I'm looking at that assignment. I want to see it stopped. I want to see a Supreme Court in this United States that says it's illegal. I want to see the body of Christ stand up and say what it's supposed to say. I heard a great man of God, somebody I respect tremendously, one of the largest ministries in all the earth. He was asked a question. It broke my heart. How do you justify supporting a political platform that condones abortion? His answer, I prefer to care more about the living children than the dead. Can you believe that? I think it tells us where it's at.
blind eyes, putting other causes before the very cause of innocent blood. What is more innocent than an unborn child? We hear the testimonies from people who supported abortion. A doctor, she was so courageous. She said, I was all for it until I watched on a sonogram and a picture of the tool going in to kill the baby and suck it out. And I saw that little child fighting and trying to move away from it until it finally sucked its spine out. Unborn children fighting for their lives in the cavern of a womb that's supposed to be safe. And we have some who call it reproductive justice. Justice to determine who lives and who dies because the child is in someone. Thank God there wasn't a reproductive justice when our Lord Jesus was in the Virgin. Who knows how many teachers, pastors, prophets, apostles, leaders, great people have disappeared at the hands of 60 million abortions in this country. You know I'm passionate about it. I will not be silent. Our church, we're small, but we're answering the cause to Alan Parker, my dear friend Alan Parker, who goes before the Supreme Court all the time to keep raising it, knowing that someday he will help to overturn Roe versus Wade. He's relentless, Alan. He's a good man. He could have made millions and millions of dollars as an attorney, sharp, wise, experienced, knowledgeable, but yet he's been on the forefront of that. And somehow, some way, he got an advertising budget for, for those voices that can't speak. And all he needed was $5,000 to sow it. This little church is sending some money on Monday because we want to be part of that. You're sending it. You're sending it with us. Beloved, the Hezekiah miracle moment. You don't understand it unless you understand the story of Hezekiah. I encourage you to read it. 2 Chronicles 32, 2 Kings 20, but also in Isaiah 36. I have to say it. Because there's going to be people watching this that are involved in societies that Hindu and Buddhist people were involved in preaching into those areas of the world. I think you know that, don't you? Through Isaac TV and others. We preach into them every day. We get testimonies every day. We have Touch Heaven churches in India that are dealing with Hindus and Buddhists in Andhra Pradesh, now in eight villages. So we have a heart for that. So my antennas went up when I found out what the name Kamala means. It means lotus. It's also the name of a Hindu goddess named Lakshmi. Lakshmi is the mother goddess. Lakshmi 
is the one who deals with fertility. Open your eyes, church. Sometimes the Lord makes stuff so evident to us that we can't help but see it unless we fall asleep. Pray for Kamala. Don't believe her. Lakshmi. Lakshmi. Be careful of those who have a semblance of faith, but deny the power of God. There will be no miracles. This is the word of God speaking to us. We either accept it or we don't, because if we don't go by the word of God, then what is truth? We're the same as Pontius Pilate, who washed his hands after asking, what is truth? And he left it to someone else to do the dirty work. That's called complicity. Complicity, even in a secular sentence, puts you in jail. It's a crime. It's a greater crime in the kingdom of God. Inaction is as bad as action that's perverse in the kingdom of God. If we stay silent, then the Lord has to use rocks to cry out. And so they come from the secular world, and the church hides. A false unity is no unity, beloved. I love my brothers and sisters of different denominations and colors and same color, but when it comes down to conforming, I have to draw a line, and I won't go there. And I won't shut my mouth. And I know that it brings persecution. And I know it brings allegations, incriminations of division. I know what the cost is. I've counted the cost. But we all must count the cost. Because if we don't speak out, if we don't act, if we don't stand up, then we are complicit. And there will be a day we stand before that judgment throne. And my God, I don't want to have to bow my head down and, and rely upon a super grace to forgive me. To whom much is given, much is required. Well, I know I have a pulpit, and I know I have a national and international voice. I know that. And I know I can be much more popular, and I can make a lot of money if I'd only toe the line. Fortunately, those aren't my motivations, and they're not yours either. Believe it or not, you have a lot of power. You have a lot of voice. You have the anointing of God Almighty. And when the brethren and the sisters come together unified in one voice, then we become more than a threefold cord. We become the kingdom of God, joined in a power here on earth, a power that is unshakable. And today we've crossed over, and we have a name that's been emblazoned upon our souls. It's called overcomer. We must overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And it's not talking about how you got saved. Beloved, God bless you. That's wonderful. I really don't want to hear that. I want to hear what you're doing right now to save. I want to hear your testimony this morning, last night. I want to hear the commitment of your testimony tomorrow. I want to walk with you and agree with you in your testimony and yours in mine.
And if somebody wants to conform, I can't hold hands with them and say, kumbaya, isn't Jesus wonderful? While people mock God, mock the truth of God, pervert the kingdom of God, kill and shed innocent blood. What's next? Old people? They sort of put a, 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 a year on the elderly now. It's 65. If you're 65 and over, then you got to be careful because COVID is after you. You better withdraw and stay home and take all that wisdom, all that faith, all that strength. There's something about people when they get older, they don't care as much. They become a little more dangerous because they really don't want what you have and they don't need it. Huh? They spark the speak in ways they don't. I was out in public the other day and this old guy was walking through and he made two sounds. One came out of his mouth and one came out of the other area. And I looked at him and he didn't have on a mask and I didn't have on a mask and we both smiled and went like this. I was like, yeah, dad, do it. He didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't care about a mask and he didn't care about a flatuation. He didn't care. And it spoke to me about his character. I said, I could walk with this guy. <laughs> Sometimes the Lord speaks in funny ways, does he not, my brother? God breaks it down. Beloved, right before our ears and our eyes, God was taken out of the Pledge of Allegiance of this country on a national form. And just in case we thought it was a mistake the first time, they did it the second time. That's what's trying to come upon us. Put God back in it. Fight for him in it. Don't let him go. Because if this country isn't under God, it will no longer be a country. We have favored nation status because we have people that love God or crying out for God and want the justice of God. We will lose that status if we take God out of it just like we put our schools into hell when we took him out of there. Ask my friend Daryl Scott in Columbine about that, whose daughter was martyred because she loved Jesus. We must stand up and fight for God in our nation, God in our hearts, God in our families. The nuclear family is under attack, wrapped in a nice coating and a gift wrap called racial justice. But the truth of the matter is it's an injustice to the very race it's supposed to be standing for. Eliminate the Father. My God. When we need to cry out for fatherhood to stand and come back to the family, not to denuclearize. Beloved, I need to say something to you. I need to say something to you. One of the things that will get my goat more than anything, and I have to pray for God to keep me calm, is when someone would refer to me as comrade. Didn't go very well for my people in the Soviet Union to be called comrade. Didn't go for my people very well under any socialist government to be called comrade. The next thing that comes out of that is kill the Jews. 
Oh, my antennas go up when I see your reed comrade. So should yours. Because guess what else they don't tolerate? Come on, say it louder. Socialism on paper looks like it should work. Unfortunately, it never has. And it never shall. Because it always leaves God out. You can't control the people if God controls them. And it starts by brainwashing the children. Keep the children out of school. Keep them from influences. Keep the children with a different agenda. Teach them a new history. Take God out of it. Start with the children. And we're beginning to see the fruit of that on our streets. Children, I call them 25 and under. They're still young. How many of you really had it all together at 23 and 24 years old, huh? How many of you really have it all together right now? Praise God. Making ignorant decisions, costing them their lives, changing and altering their futures, destroying people's property, cursing the God and the people that are there to have a sensitive heart. Hezekiah moment. Here's what God said. This is my final word because we're going to have a picnic. For those of you who are listening to this for the first time, sometime later in September, I believe we'll already be in the Hezekiah moment. I'm not sure if it's a sudden moment in one day. I don't know how it unfolds, but I know it's coming. And I know we're going to birth it. But this is what it is. Isaiah 37, 7. Let's go to 6 and 7. Isaiah, major prophet, a profound prophet. Isaiah saw so much from the beginning of time till the end of time, the coming of the, the Lord to a virgin, the prisoner set three. He saw so much. And Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall you say unto your master. This is to Hezekiah after the king of Assyria told him that his God would not be able to save him. That he had destroyed all of the other people with other gods and there was no God that was going to stand up against him. And ridiculed him for telling his people to believe in the deliverance of God, the God of Israel. Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall you say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Surely, 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 and I love the Hebrew word. Surely I will send a blast upon him. It is interpreted as the spirit. But that same word, it means the wind. It means the spirit. It means a move of God. It means a mighty rushing wind of God. That's the Hezekiah moment. God says, I shall send a blast upon this nation. And it shall reverberate to all the nations of the earth. 
I love that word nefesh in the Hebrew. It's the breath of God. First time we hear it is when the Holy Spirit blew over the earth and the waters began to divide and life came forth and God molded man in his image like a clay and he blew the nefesh into them. It rhymes with refresh. God's going to send a blast. Just as he did here. He sent a blast. Isaiah 37, 32. For out of Jerusalem, out of the new Jerusalem, out of the kingdom of God, out of the throne room of God, the place where God breathes from. The home in heaven of the Holy Spirit that breathes fresh nefesh upon us. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant. A remnant. We are the remnant. Coming forth from the kingdom of God. And they that escape out of Mount Zion, listen to this, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. Zeal, zeal, us, us, means to do, to accomplish, to complete, and listen to this, when it's attached to a word of the Lord, (laughs) like in Deuteronomy, when the Lord said over and over, I'll do this for my zeal. When he said, Jerusalem is the apple of my eye and I'm zealous for her. When the Lord said, these are my people, my children, I'm zealous for them. Well, here's what it means. It's the move of God with a distinct purpose. Come on, come on, come on, come on that has a moral obligation. Hezekiah moments upon us. The zeal of the Lord with a moral obligation to his own creation, to protecting his image. Come on, she Sasha, to the body of Christ is about to be blown like a blast upon the earth. And the wind of God shall move the people like grass. And the naysayers, God says through Proverbs, I shall mock the mockers for my name's sake. Give the Lord a hand. Bless you, Lord. Let it fall, Lord God. Let it come forth, my Lord. Do as unto your word, Lord God. We believe, we receive. Push it through. Push it through, Lord God. Push it through. And let God be true. And every mocking man a liar. In Jesus' name. Oh, I can't give him enough. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yes. So, to our friends online, to the nations of all the nations 
with Tom and Kate Hess. The lion has roared from Jerusalem. Hold on, strap up. This is just the beginning of what we're supposed to do as we prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. God bless you.